Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, welcome to the NSP Nutrition Podcast. I'm Frank Mills. And I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And today, Armin and I are going to be talking about why people lose interest in training and also what you can do to improve your hormone levels through nutrition. And excited about doing the show today, Armin. Uh, man, just a little fired up about a couple of these topics, uh, especially the hormone level one. But anyway, that being said, how are things going today, man? It's going good. Got my workout in. Feeling great, as usual. And um, did my chest and triceps today. Got a good pump. So I just got to keep fueling up to keep the growth thing going as far as best I can anyways. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Well, good. Well, we're here in the NSP Nutrition Gym. Um, so, you know, uh, again, was really excited about doing the show today. And let's dig right into why people lose interest in training um, uh, man, the first thing I thought of is for everyone that I've known, that I've met, that I've worked out with, that anything, they don't get the results that they started with their goal, their yeah. thing like that. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons. You're the expert. So what are some of the factors that you feel people lose interest in wanting to continue to train? All right. So that's, that's a fairly uh, loaded question uh, <laughs> but at the same time um i have my opinion based on a lot of clients i've worked with and that i've seen come and go um and so i'm gonna give you my opinion on it um the first one i would say is having unrealistic expectations of how it's going to work you know everybody uh that I, you know, that I end up engaging, like, yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to put some muscle on, and, you know, I want to you know, be able to do a 5k and run it in a certain amount of time and this and that. And it's like, okay. But then their, their window of time seems to be very urgent. And I get that. But at the same time, your body is only going to respond at whatever level it can respond. And that's only if you're eating optimally, which you still have to figure out if you're training the right amount of time and you're getting good recovery to keep that process working. And on top of that, your hormones are balanced and are, and are working at a good level. So that's one thing when you're setting your expectations, you got to realize there's a lot of processes going on with your body as you're doing these changes. And there's a little bit of stress involved with the body to adapt. And so you, that's where you have to do these things correctly. Well, on, on a lot of this too, Armin, I mean, anything that you do in life, you've got to prepare. So what about the plan itself? I mean, don't you really have to have your preparation in place? Well, yeah, there's a lot of things about having a plan. If you don't have one, then, you know, you don't even, you really don't have a plan. So <laughs> yes, you have to have a plan to at least start your structure of what you're going to do. And the better the plan, and on top of that execution of the plan, mm -hmm. then obviously you're going to get a better result. Unfortunately, 
a lot of people, their plan is just kind of short and brief where they think, well, if I go in and just do some movement and move around and do some things, I should start seeing, seeing some benefits from it. And so in that case, they're kind of weighing it and you really don't want to weigh it. But if you don't know what you're doing, then that's what's going to end up happening, no matter how good the plan is. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep that in mind when you're deciding, okay, here's what I want to do. And here's my goals. Okay. So how am I going to get there? Well, one thing that I thought of the moment I saw this topic was a lot of people, when they start something, they'll get a set plan or a set schedule and they'll start doing it and they do the same thing over and over. And what happens? You're going to get bored with it. So have you seen that a lot as far as workout plans? Uh, you know, you're doing the same exercises, people get bored and drop off that way. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So, you know, people want to learn, you got to learn what you're doing first. So I get that, but then they, they kind of get in the comfort zone because they got a little bit of benefit or some results from what they were doing. And they just feel like, well, I'll just keep doing this. And then, you know, it should keep trending that way. And unfortunately your body's very adaptive. Okay. And that's not an unfortunate thing, but the body's very adaptive. So you're, once your body figures out what you're doing, it's like, it kind of flatlines levels out, which is basically called a plateau. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is if you just keep doing the same old, same old, the body's going to figure it out. And then your prime example of this would be somebody on a treadmill. You know, if you do a treadmill, this is a gamble, and you're going to get some benefits from being on it for 20 minutes, whether it's walking or running or whatever. Right. But your central nervous system is going to pick up what you're doing. And so you had to burn extra calories when you first started to, because the body didn't know what you were doing. So it had to expel extra energy. Well, the body, as it gets adapted to something, it gets more efficient. So it won't burn the same amount of calories as far as, you know, a a measurement system. So then you kind of level off. So then what happens? They go for 30 minutes. Again, they get a little bit of effect from going to 30 minutes and they don't really change anything other than, you know, they don't do any sprinting or anything. They just keep that same steady eddy pace. Mm-hmm. Again, the things aren't coming out. They're not getting the kind of results they want. Then they go to 45 and then you got people on a treadmill for an hour and then you can't even tell if they worked out because right. their body's like conserving all their, all their energy to do that extra amount of work. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it causes that boredom too. on top yeah. of that. It's like, yeah, you're like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> well, how about nutrition? I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's another area that's, really important that, Hey, if you don't have things in place, you're not going to get the results that you want. Uh, how about that? Well, that's another key component to, you know, not failing or to give up If If you're just going to eat whatever you want to eat. And we mm-hmm. talked about this, you know, we talk about it all the time, but you're not going to out train a poor nutrition program. So if your goal is to lose some body fat and get leaner and look more muscular, you can't just eat whatever you want to eat and expect that to happen. Don't get me wrong. There are exceptions. There are some people genetically that their metabolisms work really well just by doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But most people, it's not, it's not like that. So right. you've got to dial in nutrition that works for you and understanding how much protein you need and fats. And those are the two more important elements. And then, you know, how many carbohydrates you should have to help give you good energy and just to reload the muscles of liver. Because this thing about carbohydrates 
extra is not good on carbohydrates. You're just going to have some extra belly. It's just going to go to belly fat or body fat. Mm-hmm. And who wants that? I mean, it's just, that's the thing you got to keep in mind. So when you're putting together your fuel system, the better that is, the better the results, which keeps you from getting to the point where like, I, I give up. I don't want to mess with this anymore. That kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I, I, I know the one thing I thought of too is, you know, I always had problems with trying to keep track of what I was doing. So, uh, you know, if you get somebody who's inexperienced, who hasn't worked out a lot to track, not only what they do, but to make sure they do exactly what you're asking them to do. Have you had a lot of issues with that, with the tracking of their training? Yeah, well, I had those issues myself. So mm-hmm. again, that's a kind of a normal reflex is, okay, I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to see how it works for me. Right. And, you know, when you first start, you kind of notice some stuff, but then you got to understand, well, what am I trying to do here? And what is my goal each and every time I do a workout or am I doing nutrition? What's, what's the goal? And if you can't measure it, there's no way for you to figure out what's working or not working or what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I had this problem. I mean, I was just going and train. I didn't really track anything. I just, well, and I've had guys that talk to, well, you're not really tracking anything. And they are like, Oh, it's all right here. But I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So you remember everything from your last workout two weeks ago. Really? Okay. <laughs> so to me, yeah, you want to, uh, I would do it with a notebook. And I scribble right. down a notebook and then I know what I had. I just flip back to the pages. But this day and age, you have a lot more technology, so you might as well use it. So you can get an app or you can, uh, you know, log the notes with just doing dictation. I mean, there's a lot of good ways that you can you know, track what you're doing so that you can go back and re- reflect on what happened. Because a lot of times if I wasn't stronger, like on a workout and I didn't get more reps or, or was able to add some weight, which are some of my key key ages, then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, did I eat enough food? Did I get enough sleep? Am I too stressed out? And so I can, okay, well, that was the problem. So I don't need to change anything based on that. I just need to make sure I get more, I fixed the problem that, that I look back on that caused it. Because mm-hmm. those, those are the things you can cause you not to keep progressing is lack of sleep, lack of the right amount of nutrients, and then... The other one is just a lot of stress because mm-hmm. your body has too much stress. So it can't deal with all of it all at once. Well, when I first met you, I was walking and I, I remember, I'll always remember this. Uh, I started working, you know, I, I'd actually power walk for like 20 minutes. Then I worked up to, you know, like 40 minutes and then an hour. Next thing I'm walking five miles a day and you're like, why are you doing that? You only have to walk hard for like 20 minutes and you're done. And it was so hard for me to comprehend. So in your experience, I know you've trained a lot of people. Do you feel like a lot of people feel like they have to train more than they really need? Well, that's another reason why people will fail is because they're thinking they have to spend all this time to get the results. Mm-hmm. And they think more is better. And sometimes you do a little bit more volume. You notice an effect from it. I get that. But right. that's not a sustainable strategy. So you have to think about, well, what's efficient and effective? And that's how I have to approach it for myself and my clients. Because time is money. And you don't get any of that back. You know, 
you just can't go back and get another 10 hours back that you wasted or whatever right. didn't work out as well. So you, right. you want to look at, okay, well, how can I get more out of my time? So when you condense things and make it more intense, there's benefits to that. And then when you, when you look at it, you can make it more effective just by uh, how you combine what you're doing with your rate, weight training. And if you're doing any cardio, that kind of thing, you keep it short and condensed, then it's easier to sustain. Uh, you can, really challenge yourself. It's pretty easy to do with that because that's what mm -hmm. I do. And all of a sudden, it's not a big deal to where you feel like you got to go, okay, I got to drive to the gym. That's 30 minutes. And I'm going to train for an hour. So that's an hour and a half. And I got to drive home. This kind of stuff goes through people's minds and it causes them to think, well, I'm doing, a, you know, I could be doing more. I could be making more money during that time. I could be doing these things, which is true. So, right. Why are you spending so much time on it? Just spend the right amount of time. And that's where you have to figure out works for you is that mm -hmm. window. But I don't recommend anything more than 45 minutes when it comes to your training time. I just feel that's been the sweet spot for me and my clients. So I stick with that. You can always do more, sure. And you can actually do, you can go less. You can do 30 minutes. I've done that before too. It's just all in the mind about what you want to get done in that time frame. So if you are pressed right. for time, just because you didn't go for 45 minutes doesn't mean you can't get a good effect from 30 minutes of just, you know, cutting a few things out or just making it shorter break periods and going faster. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So let me ask you this, you know, the number one reason probably out there why people stop doing things is they don't see the results, but don't you think that, that, well, in your experience, have you noticed that it just takes time for people to understand that it takes time for your body to adjust and show the results from your training, your nutrition, those type of things as you're helping them? Yeah, it's, it's still, it kind of goes with the expectations. Mm -hmm. okay? So depending on where you're starting from and then how efficient your body is, it's going to determine how quickly you're going to get results and then how consistent you are. Because a lot of people aren't necessarily as consistent as they should be. And they just think, well, if I do it a couple times a week, you know, I should be able to get where I need to be. That's what I'm talking about here. So, you know, you can get good benefits a couple times a week, but probably not what you want to see have happening by doing it right. that way. Right. So that's what we're talking about here because your body, you know, you gotta re, you're reprogramming itself. So your body rebuild, rebuild cells every six to eight weeks. It's a continuous process, which is good. But that, because of that, whatever you did six weeks earlier is not going to show up until six weeks later. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep that in mind and use that as part of your, your measuring stick, because if you're not getting results, then you got to relook at, okay, what am I doing? But at the same time, if you give up because you're not seeing enough results, you need to stop and rethink what's going on here because it does take some time. In other words, right. what I'm saying here is like some people, you know, I'll have some people lose 10 pounds in a week. Then I'll have other people who want to lose 10 pounds in a week, but their body composition is they're a little bit leaner. So the person that was heavier that had more body fat, it's easier there, easier for them to lose 10 pounds a week versus somebody that's leaner. So if they lost five pounds, they may look at mm -hmm. that and say, what's well, I'm not, I'm not getting the results that they're getting. Right. So that's what I'm kind of talk, talking about here. Again, keeping in mind that the, the body, depending on where you're starting from and where you need to go, that takes time and then understanding how to measure that. Do you think that more people have had success 
if they have a support group or, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure it depends on who the person is, but do you think that's more of a positive thing to have a good support group around you before you start a, a new plan or um, as you doing some training? Absolutely. And okay. if your spouse is not supportive of what you're doing, and I've dealt with this with clients, it's a mm-hmm. problem. It really gets in the way. And sometimes that stems from them maybe being a little jealous because you start getting in better shape and they feel like they're not as good a shape. You got a lot of psychological stuff that happens here. And right. so it can kind of talk you out of doing things that are beneficial to you just because of the uncomfortableness that comes with it. So anytime you can have a great support group or a community of people that are in there struggling, you know, and doing this, doing similar things that you're trying to do and you mm-hmm. can talk about it, that's great because nobody has a perfect transition to do whatever they want to do. You know, this stuff takes work and this stuff has, there's always things that get in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going on vacation, okay, well, I can't do my diet because I'm going on vacation. Well, you need to, if you got somebody that's supportive, hey, no problem, let's do this and this and not make it a big issue. Like, I want to work right. out when, I, when I'm traveling. Uh, where can I do that? Well, let's find a hotel that has some training equipment so that you can do that. And so that kind of support's critical so that mm-hmm. you can sustain what you're trying to do and then continue to see the results. So, yes, and that can be a lot of different you know routes you can use, but family or whoever you're hanging around with, if they're not supportive, you got to evaluate that pretty critically. You either ignore it mm-hmm. or you find other people to hang around. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, we've talked about a lot of things that can be a, a challenge. So, what do you think are some things that you can offer that can improve the chances of success for someone who's either now training or who wants to start? Do you have some um, hidden secrets or from your experience, you know, do you have some ideas of, of how that you can improve the success for people? Well, they're, they're not really hidden secrets, I would say, but mm-hmm. again, having a good plan to start with, it's going to be important. And that plan needs to include your training and your nutrition and then even some supplementation after that. But you need to have that to work off of. And that will tell you, you know, you, you putting the plan together to hit the goal that you have. And if you hit your goals, then that's a time to celebrate. And that just means you know what you're doing and it's working. So, and when you're doing all that, you need to be able to measure and track things so that you know you're getting there. So if you do that, that's huge. And I found that that works so much better. And it's kind of like running a business. You know, you can't just wing it. You can, well, you can wing it, but there's so much stuff that comes up that all you're doing is being reactive to all the chaos that's going on. Mm-hmm. Versus if you have a strategy for each thing that you're doing, you can always tweak the strategy, but you have something you're working with that you have confidence in. And you need mm-hmm. the confidence to help see, see the progress. One thing, Armin, that I'm kind of curious about is, do you think that, that a lot of times when you're training somebody, if they do have a support group, which most do, do you have a tendency of somebody giving advice or critiquing what they're doing and getting somebody distracted from the plan? I mean, does that happen? One thing I've learned in life you're going to get advice whether you like it or not. (laughs) Right. It's a fact. You got, everybody's willing to give you advice. 
So with that being said, you got, and I'm sure a lot of people have done this themselves. You've got to stop and look at who you're taking advice from, where they're getting their information from, which is a whole nother element uh, that people don't necessarily think about Mm -hmm. because most of the people that uh, you may go to for advice, uh, even though they may have a certification or whatever, if they don't have the trench work and the understanding of how things actually work, it's not going to be good advice and it's going to confuse you. And I see a lot of that. I mean, it, I get advice in the gym. Okay. And I, I look like I know what I'm doing, but some people think they got something that's, you know, great. And I'm not, and sometimes there is some decent advice. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, in most right. cases, the advice is something that they don't understand yet, but they are, they're big on it because they just learned it. So anytime you're in the gym and somebody comes up to you and starts making suggestions, not that you, not that you don't have to take them, but think, look back. Okay. What do they look like? See what they're doing. And then where are they getting their information from? Cause mm-hmm. if you're getting your information from the media, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going in the right direction because the media changes like the wind. It's whatever they feel right. like will sell some, 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 you know, sell advertising. So yeah, be careful. You take advice from, and even if it's, it's a certified trainer, look how long they've been doing it and look what they've right. accomplished. Cause there's a lot of these people because they lost some weight. They think that they're, they've got it figured out because they lost some weight. I get that, but there's more to it. What about injuries? What about recovery? What about your hormones? And most of them, they don't know anything about nutrition. And they don't even want to talk about nutrition. They think you can just get in shape by exercising. So keep that in mind when you're getting that free advice all the time. Well, the one huge positive that, that I would think right off the bat that you would have almost like a springboard effect is when somebody starts a plan and they immediately start seeing effects. Now, how does it evolve from there? I mean, that's gotta be something that you deal with quite a bit when somebody starts having success, do they still follow the plan? Do they want to do more? Do they get fired up and want to like maybe double or triple things or, you know, exactly how would that work? Yeah. That's, and that's just normal human behavior. Like a lot mm-hmm. of clients I work with, you know, and even for myself, once you hit a certain goal, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you know, what's next? What else can I do? Cause I've, I've overcome a lot of obstacles here, but now this is kind of easy. So what else can I do? Like for me at this stage in game, you know, I'm 57, going to be 58 next month. I don't see myself packing on a lot more muscle. I just don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see it. Okay. Now I'm still trying to do that, but as you get older, you know, you only have so much lean muscle mass you could put on anyways. So my focus as an example is how can I make my muscles more developed evenly so that I can make what I would call an optimal physique. So it's in really, I've got everything with no weak points kind of a strategy, mm-hmm. you know, my shoulders round enough should my shoulders be bigger. Should I have more lat width? You know, how about, can I, should I have more sweep on my outside of my legs? That's stuff that you can really challenge you and you got to figure out how to make it work. So that's kind of where I'm at. Everybody has their own, um, you know, goals with it, but that's where you, you get more creative and, you know, basically reset your goals to keep you motivated. Cause if I just right. like, for example, when I got my pro card, you know, once you got it, it's great, but then there's a letdown. They're like, okay, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. So I could potentially go compete as a pro, but I'm 
I'm not really in a position where I feel like I want to do that right now, but it's an mm-hmm. option for me. So if I want to right. take my myself to another level and go through a lot more hard work, then that's what I can do. So it depends on the person, but that's a good thing. Reset the goals and see how much more further you can take it. Hmm. Okay. Well, through the last year and a half or so, a lot of people have experienced a real tough time working out. We had to alter a lot of things because of COVID and, you know, that this has got to be one of the things that you've had some challenges with making sure that people have the right equipment can train the correct way. Um, this has got to be a real positive for them to have the right environment and e- equipment to train. Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's like anything when you do, when you do your job, if you're working, mm-hmm. if you have the right tools, the job's pretty easy to do. But if you don't have the right tools and you got all these workarounds, that gets on your nerves after a while and it makes the, the whole process more cumbersome. So anytime that you can get the, the right amount of tools, the right equipment and the right environment, mm-hmm. then it's a lot more motivating. I mean, for example, uh, to kind of get motivated sometimes when I was younger, because I was still figuring out and I was pretty overtrained. I was training like two and three hours. I was exhausted all the time. Even though I was exhausted and my brothers were starting to train with me, this is when I was really young, we started watching Pumping Iron with Arnold and all those guys and watching mm-hmm. them work out. Even though we were exhausted, after watching that video, we're fired up. It's like, let's go. But then we also want to have all the tools and all the cool equipment they had, which mm-hmm. some of the gyms had it, some of the gyms didn't. Right. But that was a great motivator. And anytime there's you have great equipment, it just gives you a lot more options to train and hit your muscles from a different angle. And that's a new, a new experience. So that's always good. Hmm. Interesting. You know, a, a lot of success out there. I see a lot now. You see a lot of group activities uh a lot of people want to be a part of a community or part of a group to do things uh you think that's a real positive can you stay on your goals and still do that i think that's a great thing to do and it can come different forms like when i had my gym you know we did a lot of group training and even when we did our personal training it was more semi-private so Mm -hmm. we have you know, five or six people or sometimes up to eight people that were training. Uh, but they're all kind of talking and explaining to, the, you know, each other uh, what struggles they have. And then the other one would say, oh, well, I'm doing this and it's working great for me because it's all positives. Uh, and I mean, there are some negatives from time to time, but then people will say, okay, well, if you're struggling here, try this. So they're keeping you focused and motivated. So anytime you can bounce an idea off of, off of a group, uh, you're going to get some input. Now, some of the input could be not so good, but at the same time, it gets you thinking. And when you're thinking, that's when you can start coming up with more solutions. So I, and I think it's a great thing to do. Now, you can, depending on your goals, you can do group training with a bunch of people and have fun that way and running and doing these different events. You can do that or just have a community and maybe a Facebook group or something like that where you can drop out a question in and get some feedback from it. And then you decide if what they say, whatever the comments you get, if it makes sense for what you want to do. You know, having more options and more information is always is always a good thing as long as you know how to filter it. That's the other part. Excellent. Okay. Um I guess, too, one thing you and I have talked about, too, is a lot of the stuff that we see 
on TV, the commercials, uh, the ads on online. If you're on a site, you see a lot of promises made about a lot of different things, whether it's nutrition and diets and calorie counting and whatever. But um, how do you navigate through this stuff, Armin? Well, that's kind of tough, uh, depending on you know what you're working with. Okay, yeah. But the, if you're following the media uh, and other social media stuff, there's going to be a lot of comments. There's going to be a lot of recommendations. There's going to be a lot of new ideas. So we all are affected by it. So you got to learn how to filter through the BS because there's a lot of that too. So what I like to do is I'll listen to other ideas and I just do some more research and see what else is similar to that. And typically, like for example, if there's an article that says that caffeine's bad for you, you know, caffeine's bad for you. Then I'll look at several other articles and then if I find some that disagree, okay, why, why they disagree? So you have to make your own determination, but at least you're making a determination based on what you're, what you're reading and what your gut's telling you as well. Other than that, I mean, when it comes to, the media, what they promote, you got to see where's their, what's their background, what makes them qualified, that kind of stuff. And with that, you still got to kind of experiment. So experimentation is the other thing that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, things like calorie counting, you know, there's so many people that it's all about the calories, as an mm-hmm. example. And that's everywhere. And that's because it's being sold by big food companies. And the people are going to benefit from doing calorie counting, but calorie, don't get me wrong. Calorie counting is a factor. You know, you want to be in a calorie deficit, but just because you're in a calorie reduction and you're eating whatever you want to eat, doesn't mean you're losing body fat. Right. You're losing some weight, but that doesn't mean you're losing hundred percent body fat. And it's so annoying when I have to read these articles and these comments. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just wrong. Okay. They don't even talk about insulin and how that works. It's all ignored. It's like, it, it doesn't exist. And it's a critical factor if you're trying to lose body fat. So I'm just going to use that as an example. Another one would be people are doing resistance training. You've got a trainer that puts them on a BOSU ball, which, you know, it's, a, it's unstable. It's an unstable mm-hmm. surface. It's a, step or platform with a ball or anything. And for some reason, a trainer thinks that that's really important to be able to stand on that and do some arm curls or do a squat or do a lunge. And to me, I fully disagree. And I'm sure there's a people that support both balls that'll you know, probably give me some heat for this. But mm-hmm. when you're doing resistance training, you need all the stability you can have. And I don't get to say about it, it helps your core and this kind of stuff. I just think it's the most gimmicky thing ever. So I'll right. um, just use that as an example. Like I don't take advice from somebody who's doing stuff on a BOSU ball. If I'm looking to build some strength and, and muscle and, and want to lose body fat, that is like the most trivial thing that's going to help you get there. In my opinion, not necessary. So right, just right. kind of do a little rant there on, on that. <laughs> well, you, you, you've trained a lot of people and a lot of people have had success under your tutelage. Um, what do you do once they achieve their goals? How, how, how do you keep these people motivated? 
Well, that's, that's a good question. Uh, now, typically, they are motivated. The thing is, is they're motivated for other goals. And so we need to look at that. Uh, but the other good thing is, is they have good knowledge and they have a lot more experience. So now we take that and use, and they, they got all that from trial and error. So we use that to build upon the foundation of doing something else mm-hmm. to make it work. So even though they're, you, you kind of reevaluate, okay, how can I make what I'm doing more effective? So changing it up and more efficient, maybe doing it quicker, uh, uh, you know, shorter period of time, shorter rest intervals, uh, right. things like that. And you, you'll get more, when you get creative like that, you, you also notice other changes from it. That, cause that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the same thing. And that's what I have my clients do. Okay. Uh, any other things that you do to keep people, uh, Let's not say motivated. Let's just say engaged in the training. Okay. So like a lot, again, once people start seeing their physique change and they're, they have a control over how their body looks, mm-hmm. then they start getting a lot of compliments. Okay. And because I get that too. And people are like, they're real appreciative. They know that there's a lot of work involved for you to be able in the condition that you're in. So what happens there is, you know, they, they kind of know what to do with training, but then they may decide to do a competition, whether it's strength training or a physique show or some kind of uh, endurance event, whatever. Now they have a whole new set of goals. It's like, well, what's involved with doing this kind of event? Because you got to do some homework on it. You got to figure out, well, I'm going to be competitive. What have I got to do? So as an example for me, and you know, I'm in my 50s, uh, I had some people suggesting that, um, why aren't you competing? I'm like, well, you know, I don't take drugs. They're like, well, they have different classes. You know, I didn't know they had 50 year old classes and, mm-hmm. and up. I'm like, okay. So what I did is like, well, that sounds interesting because I competed when I was younger, but I didn't want to take the drugs. So I'm thinking, well, if they're in the fifties and they're on drugs, they're not going to last too long. So my rationale was, let me go look up some competition and see what the competition looks like. And then I saw the competition, like, well, I think I can hold my own mm-hmm. based on what I saw. So when I did my first competition, because I had my experience from what I did when I was younger, I ended up winning everything I got into. And ironically, when I was competing when I was younger, I didn't take any drugs, but everybody was on drugs pretty much. So I, I was always getting second and third. Well, imagine me, and I was like 55 or so, my first competition, and I won everything I entered. So I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. So as an example, but I had to continue to learn because after I started winning some stuff, I said, well, I want to get a pro card. Well, getting a pro card is a whole nother level. There's a lot to know. And so I learned that curve. So that's what people can do. You can start getting, you know, challenge yourself and maybe see if you can take it to another level. And it was just something that's on my bucket list. So as one example, Mm -hmm. so. You know, there was one thing that you actually brought up, uh, a little bit ago about when you're training somebody or excuse me, as you were training of how you wanted to improve your physique after you had attained a lot of your goals, if you wanted more lats or if you wanted bigger biceps or whatever, uh, is that another way to keep somebody a little bit more engaged and motivated? Like, Hey, I look good, but I want to do this. Yeah. That's it. And again, that's a natural response because once you know, your chest comes up, it starts looking good. And the shoulders are good. But let's say your mm-hmm. triceps aren't where you would like them. So then you can do what's called priority training and start bringing up those weaker areas okay. and balance out that physique the way you want. It's kind of like sculpting. 
you know, but you got to learn how to do certain exercises to sculpt it the way you want. And so that's going to be challenging. And it's a good, that's a good motivator because you already have a good foundation and you have success. So you just take that success and use the things that you've learned on how to improve those weak body parts. And sometimes like my calves suck and so my legs aren't great either. So I have to constantly focus on what I'm going to do to try to bring those areas up. It's challenging because they don't respond the same way as my arms, my chest, back, that kind of stuff, too. So what you're basically saying is one of the big ways to stay motivated is to try to continuously either reset or adjust what you're doing and re-challenge yourself. Yeah, exactly. You reset your goals and then figure out, okay, how am I going to get there? Maybe you need right. to hire the, you know, invest with people that can help you get there. Or if you just want to do it on your own with trial and error, uh, you can do that too. Uh, but if you can hire somebody to help do it quicker, that's always a plus well, as well, just depending on, you know, what your thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else is um, important or things that you can do to help you? Well, again, I would uh, really focus on, uh, what you're doing. So that's going to include your training. It's going to include your nutrition. And if you need to, if, you, if you're trying to do some things and you want to use supplements to help with understanding what's involved with that, because again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of waste of money that can happen there. So learning that, uh, okay. taking before photos, you know, so that you can, you know, I've got photos of when I was at, when I was 55 and then how I've improved at 57 and those are motivating. I have improved. So I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing is working. So I think that's really, really critical. Uh, but you got to also track it. So whether it's right. using pen, you're using a notebook or using an app, those kind of things, because you got to measure progress. If you don't measure the progress, you don't know if you're getting where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just going to spin your wheels because you're thinking you're getting something done, but it may not, it may not be happening. So you need the feedback by measuring what you're doing so you can make the proper adjustments. And if you, if you don't know what's working, then you can at least mm-hmm. consult with somebody and maybe been through it. That's why having a community is good is you can find somebody in that community that's that, that you can, uh, I guess, associate with it as that you feel like has done some of the things that are important to you. And you can say, Hey, how'd you do this? How'd you get to mm-hmm. that level? And right. a lot of times they're, they're willing to help you. So take advantage of it. Okay. All right. So what are some good resources that you can offer um, that can help somebody with their process? Well, from the NSP perspective, I would definitely do the, the NSP uh, YouTube channel. I would do mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, they also have the, um, uh, let me think here for a minute. The old Vince's online gym. That's a good fit. And that's not very expensive. Uh, it's pretty affordable. Or other than that, just find you a good coach. You know, right. You know, like, you know, like for me, example of myself or somebody else you, that you feel can get you where you need to be or that you look up to as a mentor, find, mm-hmm. find one of those people. That tends to be more expensive, but at the end of the day, you can shorten that curve because you're not going to waste a lot of time with trial and error. You know, the one thing that I saw too on the NSP site is you could take the 21 day challenge if you're just starting out. Uh, yeah. You know, it's something that you can offer and join for free now. You know, it, it will burn fat. You'll build some muscle and you get in shape and it's free. It's free. Yeah, it's, it's a great, right it's a great starter program for sure. So, yeah. So, well, 
A lot of great information, Armin. Uh, a great segment. Uh, probably we need to take a break. We'll do that right now. You are watching the, oh, and listening to the uh, NSP Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Mills, here with my co-host and the man who knows it all, Armin Eckelbarger. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. And welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Podcast. I'm Frank Mills. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Armin Eckelbarger. And Armin, this is the NSP Nutrition segment. Uh, it's, again, I say this a lot, it's the foundation of, of any plan that you're going to put together is your nutrition. But, yeah. you know, what, what can we do? I know a lot of people have issues with their hormone levels. When I met you, this is the first subject that we talked about was testosterone and hormone levels. And, you know, yeah. what can you share with us that can help people improve their hormone levels through nutrition? All right. So the thing is, is when it comes to hormones, they're secreted by soft tissue glands. Okay. So you don't want those to be working at an optimal level. But what causes that to work is good nutrition and sleep. Uh, and then exercise can help it, and so can it be in the sun. So if you want to maximize your hormone levels, you really got to focus on your nutrition side, okay? Because it's basically the critical element to make those things work at a high level. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to keep working at optimal levels, and when I say optimal levels, just think back to when you were young and you could do anything and you just recovered. You were, you had all this energy. That's when hormone levels were working at their best and their highest. And that's when cancer levels are at their lowest as well. So that's where you want to be. You want to find that sweet spot. And nutrition is the fuel that your body needs to be able to get those things to work. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I know when you, you and I talked and, and we looked at, the blood work and that type of thing. And, and, and you knew where things were. Um, it all started through nutrition. And when you started educating certain things that, you know, not only that I had to alter, but anybody you've trained, they had to alter or adjust things. You know, it, it was pretty interesting because you offered food sources that helped me optimize my hormones, helped me, use them the right way and, and everything that you did help tweak things that way. Um, speaking of just food, what are the best sources out there for your hormones? All right. So from my uh, education and what I've learned and also research and actually doing it is I've come to the conclusion that you need highly absorbable protein because proteins involve all the different systems in your body. Okay, mm -hmm. So that's needed because protein provides the amino acids needed to do everything. Then on top of that, you need quality fats. You know, fats are what the, the hormones need to do their work. They need cholesterol to rebuild cells. 
So you do need to have some cholesterol and your body makes cholesterol as well. So cholesterol is not a bad thing. You just want to manage it so that it works for you, not against you. Okay. And most of the time it's, it is working for you. So protein and fats are what's really critical to uh, help your hormone levels. Well, maybe it would help if you could give us some, some, um, examples of quality protein and quality fat. All right. So when I'm talking about highly adorable protein, and the one thing I want to say is this, even if it's highly adorable protein, you're only going to absorb 50 to 60% of that as protein. The rest okay. of it's going to be converted to glucose and people don't know that. So that's why it needs to be highly absorbable in the first place. So you can at least get enough of the amino acids that you need to mm-hmm. supply your body and to supply the hormones. So examples of that are going to be eggs. Eggs are they're the most efficient absorbable protein. They're 3.9 on a four-point scale under the protein efficiency ratio. So that's your number one spot. Then okay. uh, grass-fed beef is a good one. Uh, it's very effective. Wild game. Then it starts getting, then your PER ratio starts to drop down a little bit. So then you got turkey, which is still pretty good. Then chicken. The chicken is not as highly absorbable as people think, but it's still very mm-hmm. effective. Then we get the fish. And then you end up getting into uh, like milk products like cottage cheese. And, and then finally, uh, easy to absorb protein would be protein powders, like the NSP milk and egg protein and the mm-hmm. whey protein products that they have. We'll say this, when it comes to your meats, though, I would focus on organic only. Uh, that's just, to me, the safest way to go about it, because when you're consuming meat, um, you know, that's why you have people all against beef and dairy because of the hormones, the antibiotics, and this kind of stuff. So if you go organic, you're going to eliminate that. And organic meat stays, stays fresher two to three times longer than the other meat. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's just night and day. Okay. Interesting. Now, on, on top of that, um, what do we see? We're talking about, did we talk about fats and all? Or? No, no, that was the second okay. part. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I'm jumping ahead. So, right, so, quality fats? Yeah, for me, you know, there's a lot of debate on fat. Okay, you got people who are pro non-fat because of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is it, it really depends on your lifestyle first and, for, first and foremost. But when you eat protein, it has fat. So mm-hmm. that's good news. And the reason for that is because they're both acidic in nature and they digest well together. So that's a good thing there. So then for additional fat, you have other resources. So I like, you know, grass fed butter. I like right. uh, heavy cream. Uh, half and half, hard cheeses, uh, cottage cheese. And those are dairy products. And people get all negative about dairy products. But if you buy organic, should be a, should be a factor or a problem. And preferably grass-fed uh, on all that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on top of that, another good solid fat is coconut oil. Even though it's a, you know, it, it's a um, saturated fat, people get all negative about that. You're not eating that much of it. I mean, you should just use a little bit so you can cook your food with coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And then like you're pouring it, you know, t- two or three tablespoons of it on, on your food, which is just amazing right. me how people want to throw something like that on the bus when it's not that much of it you're consuming. Mm-hmm. Now, MCT oil, you can consume more of that because it stays liquid and you can pour that on your foods. But it's also broken down. It's heated up so it stays liquid at any temperature. Mm-hmm. So it actually burns as a long chain carbohydrate. So MCT oil is another great source of, of fats to give you that long sustained energy. So don't be afraid of that. You can use it. And a lot of people don't know that. 
Uh, then on top of that, uh, olive oil's good. Avocados have a good, great source of fat. Pork rinds, who knew? I mean, uh, but make sure there's not a lot of chemicals because they do put MSG and all these other flavorings. Mm-hmm. Just make sure there's only one or two ingredients uh, with pork rinds. Uh, and you know they, they have a they have a unique taste, but they do provide fat, and uh, you know they're very effective. On top of that, uh, nuts, uh, all nuts except for peanuts. So the reason I don't recommend peanuts is because they're high in omega six and omega nine oils, which cause inflammation, and they're not nearly as efficient as the other nuts. So, and then lastly, and there's more to it than this, but I'll just say seeds. All your seeds are pretty good source uh, again uh, in a natural state. Okay. Okay. One one thing you just kind of brought up in passing was carbohydrates. Now, there's all different types of arguments out there on carbs, uh, but how 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 do carbs affect your hormones? They're very little. Um, the only thing you're going to get some benefits of regarding carbohydrates would be the cruciferous vegetables, because for whatever reason, the way they um, assimilate, they can help with managing estrogen and some of your hormones. Uh, just okay. because of the way they uh, naturally do that. So cruciferous vegetables would be a good thing, especially if you have any kind of elevated estrogen level or something like mm-hmm. that. It's out of sync. Uh, other than that, carbohydrates are not going to do much for you. They, they're going to create inflammation if you have too many of them. But they're designed to be absorbed by the muscles and the liver just to help with energy. And that's the biggest uh, factor for them. Okay. Extra, though, will go to the fat cells. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, we've talked about the good. There's always a little bad. What What are the foods that are bad for your hormones? All right, I'm, the, no, I'm not going to probably be a surprise here, but sugar is not good. Uh, processed food because it converts to uh, sugar very easily, and which mm-hmm. converts to fat. That's not going to help you at all. Um, so there's really no nutritional value in it. They're not going to help your hormones. So right. you don't, there, there's not a lot of reason to even eat them. You don't really need them, mm-hmm. but it, it comes from being sold to having fun and doing things that are fun and makes you feel good fun. That's how it's marketed. So if you want to do it, you can do it. Just understand there's not a lot of benefits to keep your hormones at good levels with that. Um, and then the other one's going to be alcohol. Alcohol mm-hmm. is just overall because of the way it affects you when you sleep. Uh, it has that effect to you when you, you don't sleep as well. So that affects how the hormones are going to work. And alcohol is actually a toxin. So the body has to shut down everything until it clears the toxin. That's just how it mm-hmm. works. So you get a lot of that. You're going to buy this most of the time clearing the toxin. So you're going to miss out, especially if you're you know, late at night when you're sleeping. If the right. body's working and clearing out the toxin, the hormones can't come out and do their work. Right. Right. Okay. Um, when it comes to calories, there's a lot of calorie counters out there. Uh, you know, how do calories relate to hormones? Uh, there's there's nothing there. Calorie counting does nothing for hormones uh, as far as being able to measure anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of calorie counting. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't run my body by doing calorie counting. I'm amazed how many people actually do. Uh, right. If you eat good foods, your body is, is going to do the things you need it to do. If you're thinking that you need to be in a certain range, then yeah, you can do that. But if you watch your carbohydrates mm-hmm. and then get the proper amount of protein per meal, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein per meal, 
and, and have some fat with that and manage your carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. There's, not, there's not a lot of reason you're going to need to do calorie counting. Gotcha. I'm sure there's people want to want to argue that point, but I I don't do it. And I can get I didn't count one calorie getting into contest shape, and you you saw how lean I can get, so mm-hmm. not necessary. But a lot of people think it is because they don't know any better, in my opinion. Well, I trust you. Uh, I I know you know what you're talking about, and you know the one thing that. I did not too long ago and you kind of guided me on was fasting. So I I was kind of curious, how does fasting or eating less food either way, how how does that impact your hormones? Well, the funny thing is, is the research is showing that it's very effective to help bring up your hormone levels because your body has a natural built in system to react to that. And I found that pretty fascinating because I've got a couple of clients I work with that, that do the, that have been doing the fasting and I'm doing it too. Um, but we've measured, we went back and measured their levels and they went up. So just because you're taking some food out and not having so much food doesn't mean it's a negative. Like you get in the, in the media, you know, fasting is dangerous, that, you know, which is mm-hmm. stupid. I mean, Humans did not evolve without having to do some fasting. You, you know, like you had to, you had three square meals every day, right? Back in eighteen hundreds and whatever. Okay, you had to survive. Your body has built-in mechanisms to do that, so that's a good thing. And when it does, it helps bring up your hormone levels as a protective agent to help your body be ready for when you can make the kill to survive. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if you haven't eaten in three or four days and you're hunting and then you need to be alert. You need to have everything functioning at a high level to be able to do what you need to do to make the kill, so to speak, mm-hmm. so you can survive. The body has that built in. So fasting is not a bad thing. I would just say with fasting, whether it's a 16, eight you know, or 20 and four or mm-hmm. a full day fast or a, a, up to a three day fast, you want to do it so that you're going to burn a lot more body fat and get rid of unused proteins that didn't get digested. That's what you want mm-hmm. to get out of fasting. So I like to do it by having a low, low carbohydrate, uh, day to day meal. Mm-hmm. So that when I fast, I've already got the fat burning process working. So as I'm fasting, I don't have the urges to want to have to eat. Right. If you've been having carbohydrates every day, three or four times a day, then you're going to have elevated insulin. When you have elevated insulin, you're going to have cravings until that insulin level drops down. So when you first start to fast, now you're going to be more subject to burn some muscle tissue because the body's going to convert some muscle to have more glucose until it finally drops down to a certain point. So that's how I would approach it. I could do low carb for, you know, at least three or four days in a row and then do the fast. And that way I feel I know I'm going to be burning body fat versus having, uh, because insulin's down, it's not being, it's not working. So to me, that's the best way to do it so that you don't burn muscle tissue. And I've done this myself. And I, I think that you had even done a three-day fast and you notice that it, fats spare muscle. So when you're burning fat, you don't burn muscle. But when you're burning glucose, carbohydrates, you'll need to, can, your body want to continue to do that until that insulin level is at a, at a low level. So that's where you're subject to burning muscle tissue. Just a, you know, main, main point there. Okay. So I guess just to recap, if you want to keep your hormone levels in optimal range, what do you do? Okay. Focus on eating highly absorbable protein and fats, Mm -hmm. Uh, hormones. Again, they need fats to rebuild cells. 
and then use carbs periodically to help reload the muscles in the liver. Mm-hmm. And so you have good energy. And that way, when your hormones are doing their thing to help rebuilding, you're, you're in a good zone for that to happen. And so also on top of that, you want to get some good quality sleep, but that would be my suggestions um, as, as an easy way to make progress, quality food, like we just talked about, and then going from there. Okay. Speaking of quality food, what are some good nutrition resources that you can offer? From NSP, they have the maximum definition diet, which I like a lot. Again, that's not a long-term diet. That's a diet to get lean. Then you have the wild physique, which has multiple diets. So you have diets for like off season or when you're not super focused on getting super lean, but you want to have a little bit more mix of foods to help your gut microbiome. I think it's a good book with what it has in it. And then the uh, pro series on nutritional bodybuilding from Vince Garana, that that's a really good uh, piece of uh, material there. And again, there's a lot of good strategy behind it and you you'll see the results. Hey, on top of that, Armin, I know NSP Nutrition offers a amazing product, your hormone optimizer. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been taking that and that's been fantastic, man. What an amazing yeah. product, huh? Yeah, I would recommend that as well. It, it has glandulars in it, which help the, the glands, okay, secrete better. So that's the purpose of the optimizer, using those glandulars along with some key amino acids uh, that help to stimulate growth hormone. So that's the strategy behind that supplement. And those are available on nspnutrition.com. So go check out the yeah. hormone optimizer. Uh, I'll, I'll swear by it. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's helped me I, I tremendously. Think it's a good product. Yeah. So, well, Armin, thanks so much for all the information in today's show, man. Uh, as usual, you don't disappoint so much information. I have to go back and watch the show that we just did to remember some of it uh, and take notes. So uh, appreciate all that you offer and bring to the show. And thank you so much. Looking forward to it for next week as well. And uh, you know, hopefully you got, you got, everybody got some takeaways from this and that's what we're here to do is to help and give you good, good information. And if you have questions or comments for the show, leave them in the comment section here on the YouTube channel, and we'll go ahead and answer those on next week's show. Uh, Again, everyone check out nspnutrition.com. Thanks for joining Armin and I today and check back next week for another episode of the NSP Nutrition Podcast. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.